everyone, and welcome back to Phonication, the podcast dedicated to parenting. Well, okay, generally the circumstances that often lead to parenthood. It's close enough, you know? I am your child-free host, Jack, and thank you so much for joining me for today's episode commemorating Father's Day. There are a lot of fathers in the animal kingdom. Well, like, obviously, there's, there's a lot of fathers, you know, duh. <laughs> Did not provide any new information with that sentence. But anyways, some fathers are fantastic, and some fathers are deadbeats, and some others are, like, well, not really earning a day dedicated to them, but it is still important to acknowledge them so we know what not to do. And if you're a dad and you do any of the things that some of these animals do that I'm about to mention, well, you know what? You're a piece of shit. Like, I'm not gonna hide that. <laughs> but if you are a good dad, fuck yeah. I hope your Father's Day was awesome. <laughs> the reason I did not do a Mother's Day episode last month is because my mother is horrible. I'm kidding, she's, she's actually awesome. My mom is amazing, but I just didn't think of the idea in time. So next Mother's Day, I will. <laughs> so back to dads. Let's talk about my dad. A question I get asked is like honestly a shocking amount, like so many times, is whether or not I had good parents. And maybe part of it is that I'm always telling people that mental health is so important. People probably assume it's because I had like childhood trauma and that must be why I'm a big advocate. And then I think there might also be something to do with, you know, the whole <laughs> hosting a bi-weekly podcast hyper fixating on animal genitalia is that's like a pretty uncommon interest. <laughs> so a lot of people think this bitch is weird. There's no way she got into this shit for like no traumatic reason. She also has mental issues, clearly abused. <laughs> and then I'll mention something like my dad was a Marine and they'll be like, oh shit, super fucking abused. So here's the truth on my dad. My dad was awesome and crazy supportive and he's like a huge video game nerd and I'm like the only person I know that looks forward to visiting their parents. Like I like hanging out with my parents. They're cool and fun and nice and kind and just like I have good parents. <laughs> and I kind of feel bad for like all my friends who don't have good parents. Like most of my friends don't have good parents. So I feel so bad for them because I had fantastic parents. <laughs> Although I will say, I will say that I was absolutely 100% set up for failure by them, and especially him, because he tried really, really, really hard to treat me fairly and to not force things like, you know, gender stereotypes. So when I was into boys' toys, he was like, cool, here's your boys' toys. When I was into girls' toys, he was like, that's cool too, you know? <laughs> he was, he was really supportive of like my interests and, especially like the interest that he didn't quite get. <laughs> like when I started getting to like special effects makeup and I was like, mom and dad, can I have fake blood for Christmas? And they were like, weird, here you go. <laughs> so, and honestly, I got a lot, a lot, probably too much positive reinforcement as a kid. And I hear that it shows. <laughs> so then I did the thing that all adults do. Well, you know what, not even adults, teenagers, young teenagers, preteens. <laughs> But I entered the real world, where nothing is fair, nothing is just, and I was like, who the hell bungle-fucked all of this bullshit? So, thank you, Dad. You ruined me. And all of my teen angst just evolved into adult angst and clinically diagnosed severe anxiety. <laughs> so, the explanation for being the kind of adult who Googles orangutan prostitution in her free time, unfortunately, like, 
can't really be blamed on my upbringing. <laughs> That's just my inherent nature. It's just the kind of person who Googles that. <laughs> I actually had to do a routine psychological evaluation for work last week. I brought it up and <laughs> somehow she signed off on me not being crazy. I don't know how. <laughs> Maybe she's crazy. But side note, do not Google orangutan prostitution. I saw the phrase in something completely unrelated and I thought to myself, oh, super duper. I know some monkey species basically sell sex in exchange for food, you know, prostitution. And I was like, do orangutans do that? Is that why I'm seeing that phrase? So I was pretty excited and I Googled it and they don't. I once was innocent and am no longer. But let's get back on subject. <laughs> Clearly the dosage for my ADHD meds are too low. Might have to talk to my doctor. Anyways, the animal kingdom has dads. And some of these dads are just filled with empathy. They see the struggles of women in the world and they feel for them. They see the pain and exhaustion and inconvenience of pregnancy, the imbalance of biological requirement to create new life. And they think that's not fair, that I am only required to achieve an orgasm while she has to undergo pregnancy for an extended period of time go through the trauma that is childbirth, have her body split open. How are the scales so clearly tipped to one side acceptable? And they say, no, that is not acceptable. I cannot take her pain away, but I can inflict that pain upon myself in solidarity. And they experience sympathetic pregnancy. But to some dads, that is still not enough. They will take away her pain and experience all of it in her stead, which is the source of world fame for the humble seahorse. In all 46 species of seahorses, the male is a partner who births the young. Honestly, the quote-unquote traditional gender roles are actually completely reversed for them. Like, go ahead with your typical traditional heterosexual relationship and just flip the whole thing, you know? The female will use something called an ovipositor to deposit her eggs, which just means, you know, ovulation, positor, ovipositor, egg depositor, right? Makes sense. It's, it's easy. <laughs> Anyways, she'll use this ovipositor to deposit her eggs, and it's basically just a pseudo penis that she shoots the eggs out of. And she shoots them into the male's pouch, which I guess could be serviced as a pseudo vagina. Although to me, it seems kind of more like a, like a kangaroo pouch, you know? It's like a really big vagina. Doesn't really have the whole pain of childbirth associated with it. But I will admire the effort. <laughs> and overall, you know what? I think you get it, okay? The, the female has a pseudo vagina egg depositor. The male has a really big vagina. <laughs> and the females go around pegging the males who use nutrients from their body to grow the baby seahorses, just like a pregnant female typically does, including prolactin, which is actually the same hormone that initiates milk production in pregnant female mammals. So they really take the sympathetic pregnancy to a whole, a whole brand new fucking tier. But unexpectedly, considering, you know, a lot of animal species, and fortunately, the female is not a deadbeat and she actually regularly takes care of her man while he's pregnant. If I get any incels DMing me about how seahorses are the future that feminists want, I'm gonna, I'm gonna scream and laugh and then probably screenshot it and like upload it to the Instagram or something because that's actually kind of funny. <laughs> but now that I think about it, okay, seahorses aren't actually great dads. 
or moms, <laughs> they're great incubators. But once the babies are born, they kick them out of the house and get right back to making babies together. Just <laughs> no sort of, you know, infant care. So I take it back. Seahorses aren't empathetic fathers. They're empathetic husbands. And they're not the only ones. A lot of frog species and giant water bugs and the hardhead catfish and jawfish, it's not uncommon for males to kind of be the pregnant partner, I guess. They'll incubate it, they'll, they'll carry it, and they'll kind of do all the traditional motherly things, especially in like amphibian species. It's more, it's more common there, not so much in mammals. But like I said, that makes them empathetic partners not necessarily good dads. So let's find better examples of good dads, excluding mine, of course. Starting off with a well-known animal, because I don't want you guys thinking that I'm just making up animal names here, because I would do that. Greater flamingos are fantastic fathers and fantastic partners. Flamingos are the future that feminists want, not seahorses, flamingos because flamingo dads believe in equality and no gender roles. Both flamingos are loyal to each other and they have equal decision on choosing a nest. They both share equal responsibilities for incubating eggs and equal responsibility for raising chicks. You know, they both do the parenting. <laughs> like it's, it's both of their children, so they both parent the kid, you know? It's the paragon of parenthood to exemplify. And red foxes are pretty similar in that regard. They don't do it quite so like we both share the exact same responsibilities, but they divvy out the responsibilities pretty equally. While the mom is still healing from pregnancy, but also at the same time nursing the young in their den, the dad will go out and bring them all food and he'll take the kids out and play with them like a lot. Like he loves playing with his kids and he definitely does his fair share of parenting. It's respectable. <laughs> but he also cares about their education and making sure that they grow up into responsible adults, you know? When it's time to start showing some tough love and start pushing the pups to move out and get their own apartments, he doesn't truly take away that safety net. Beforehand, like right before he has that conversation with his kids where he's like, children, I think it's time for you to move out. He sets it up around, you know, their yard or I guess their neighborhood. <laughs> And he makes sure that there's food buried under like a shallow layer of leaves and twigs nearby So the pups learn how to sniff out food and forage in a safe environment, you know, no dangers near home And he always lets them come home on the weekends to do their laundry Kind of that stoic dad who is so gushy in the middle, you know, I can appreciate it I do feel very 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 obligated to give a special shout out to Emperor Penguin Fathers so without parenthood sort of thing, by the time the mother has finally laid an egg, her entire store of nutrients has been depleted. Like this bitch is about to die. So she goes on a fucking trek to go get some food, like almost a hundred miles. She has to walk like a hundred miles from inland Antarctica through the worst fucking snowstorms to get to the sea. So then she can start like swimming and hunting and burning all these energy to find food. <laughs> or else she'll just fucking die because that's just what happens when you, you know, have a calorie depletion and that's how starvation works actually, scientifically, <laughs> so. But unfortunately, these idiots live in the harshest weather conditions on the fucking planet and their eggs cannot survive if they're not incubated. Like you cannot just leave them in the nest. So while this bitch spends two months on the shittiest hike ever, 
he has to sit on top of the egg, not moving, and therefore not eating. Like, I guess they're not burning many calories if they're sitting on their asses all day for two entire months. So that's presumably how they survive because, you know, he's not burning calories. He's not using energy. So I guess that's how he makes it. But that still sounds pretty fucking miserable just wasting away. <laughs> but I mean, he doesn't really have a whole lot of options because she had to leave. Otherwise, she was going to die. So he has to watch the egg. And his options are aside from letting the chick die, which it will between one to two minutes because it's fucking Antarctica. <laughs> His other options are starving to near death or death, or maybe something more reasonable, like moving to a better neighborhood. Like, why is that not an option? Even if you stay in Antarctica, just like, why would you move to the suburbs of inland Antarctica? just to start a family, when you could stick near the grocery stores and the resources which are on the shoreline with a beach view and trade off which parents eat on a daily basis instead of like a monthly basis. Like, come on, that's just bad planning. <sighs> Still though, I guess just because they're idiots, it doesn't mean that they're bad fathers. Like it doesn't preclude them from that. So I will appreciate their doting, their dedication, their self-sacrifice as, unnecessary as I think it is. I guess at the end of the day, I it's not my judgment call. So I guess I'll stop talking shit about their parenting skills. But now that I'm thoroughly pissed off at the audacity, let's go ahead and switch gears to piece of shit fathers, starting with fucking lions. Fuck those guys. Fuck those guys so much. He is the typical I'm the head of the household, I'm in charge, and everyone will listen to me. Sort of toxic, fragile, masculinity asshole. He sits at home all day, waiting for the wife to cook dinner while she's also running around trying to keep the kids safe and provided for. And she goes off to do all of the hunting. She brings home the kill. She's the fucking breadwinner. And then when she brings home the dinner that she killed herself, he gets first dibs of the best cuts of meat and then he lets his family eat his leftovers. Like, so generous. <laughs> and he doesn't even change his food intake if it's time to tighten some belts and there's less food on the table this season. He eats the same amount. And if there's less leftover and the family starves to death, well, sucks for them. Literally no redeeming qualities here. He doesn't even give her a good dicking. His dick is covered in shitty, painful spikes and he finishes after literally less than a minute usually 20 seconds, which maybe that's good if your penis is covered in spikes. Like I probably wouldn't want to have sex with a spike covered penis for an extended period of time. But you know what? She's never going to, she's never going to be satisfied, <laughs> especially not after 20 seconds. And fortunately I do not speak lion, so I can't know for sure, but I am nearly positive that he has the fucking gall to roll over afterwards and be like, you came, right? <sighs> Fuck that guy. Honestly, the only thing worse than a lion father is a lion's stepfather because he's only willing to be an absent deadbeat dad for his own kids. He won't even tolerate his stepkids living in his house, eating his food, running up his electricity bill. So when he takes over a pride and kicks out the fresh divorcee, he celebrates with a murder spree, killing off all of the lion cubs because fuck them, I guess. And that is a fantastic strategy when your species is endangered. Your ego is killing your species. No, wait, shit, 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 shit. I missed the opportunity, hold on. Rewind. Your pride is killing your pride. 
I am just so goddamn funny. You are all so blessed to witness my comedy. <laughs> Anyways, for some fucking reason, this kind of behavior isn't actually all that uncommon in nature. Infanticide, if I can say it right, infanticide, is part of this circle of life. It's just a really, really, really small circle. But horses are also guilty of it, and chimpanzees, and a shit ton of fishes, and humans, obviously, because we're just part of everything. <laughs> and even dolphins, but they make a game of it, like enjoying the process and drawing it out. So I guess it's a positive to the character when animals go around murdering more efficiently, like kinder murder. <laughs> I don't know, still not very kind, but not my species. Some species take it even further and eat their kids. Like, especially a lot of fishes. Fishes? Fish species? A lot of fish. I think the plural is fish. <laughs> a lot of fish, like bass and sand gobies. <laughs> They'll just eat their kids. The fathers get sick of taking care of them for an extended period of time of like a couple days, and they start to eat the remaining eggs. <laughs> because hanging out babysitting your own goddamn kids takes it out of you so much that you need to eat them to regain those lost calories. Imagine you're 19 years old. You graduated high school a year ago. You're figuring out what to do next. All of a sudden, your dad comes up and goes, Kid, your siblings have already moved out. They're in college. And you're here, eating my food. It's time you understood the consequences of your actions. And he just killed you. And then he ate you for dinner because you ate the last of the leftovers he had in the fridge? Emperor penguins would never. Now, allegedly, this is actually to benefit the children, somehow. <laughs> As many species who eat their babies, which is called filial cannibalism, by the way, are also the types of parents that actually care for the young after birth. Like a lot of animals are just like, okay, get the fuck out now. They will actually take care of their kids. But not all. <laughs> and often eating their young is generally to maintain quality control and to ensure the ones who were lucky enough to not get eaten <laughs> get a better shot at surviving and competing for resources. So uh, I guess it's kind of like tough love type of parenting. I don't know. Honestly, I don't buy it because it's not the case often enough for me to accept that as like a blanket statement because you've got grizzly bears and sometimes, yeah, he'll just eat his kids if he's hungry enough, you know, like cash. Oh, no, no, wait, 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 no, 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 no. I'm mistaken. I'm so sorry. Let me retract that statement. Sometimes he'll just eat his kids if he's close enough. Close enough. In vicinity. <laughs> Mama bears get the fame for being protective mothers for a fucking reason. Grizzly bear dads are the physically abusive asshole dads that will attack, kill, and eat their kids just because they're there. And the mom has to actively protect her kids from being beaten to death by him. That's where the phrase mama bear comes from. And when looking at grizzly bears, I can almost forgive lions. Like, I like being lazy, honestly, I do. And having somebody dote on me and feed me and do literally everything for me would be pretty great, you know? Like, I can get on board with that. And they kill the cubs because it means the females can go into estrus earlier so they can pass on their genes before a different lion comes in and takes the pride away from them. Super selfish, but at least I can understand it, even if I don't agree with it. Grizzly bears though, like, why? Why are you killing your kids? 
literally no evolutionary advantage, no resource advantage. There's, there's no reason. Like, this dude will literally kill his kids. I mean, honestly, any kids, any, any kids at all. But the fact that he'll kill even his own kids for no benefit, not even like a little benefit, like they stop being annoying and tugging on my tail or something. Like, it's insane to me. That is so counterintuitive. The only other species that engage in that level of, let me just fuck myself over that I can think of off the top of my head is humans, obviously, because we're just balls of anxiety and sentience and thumbs, you know? <laughs> but the other one is just pandas, because you know what? Fuck pandas. Seriously, fuck pandas. They actually kind of really make me mad. The fact that there are all these protections put in place to save your species, like huge budgets dedicated to saving you, and the biggest detriment to whether or not you go extinct is that you literally won't fuck? Fuck you. You know, you deserve to go extinct. Like, I definitely don't want them to go extinct. Don't get me wrong. I definitely think that we should continue to save them, but that doesn't mean that they don't deserve to go extinct. You fucking jackasses. Just have sex. You're about to literally die. <laughs> But anyways, that's that's not the topic. I'm sorry. As if I'm like well known for my ability to stay on topic. I'm going to go drink about it. In the meantime, don't forget that I am trying to raise funds for the Trevor Project to commemorate Pride Month. And if you sign up a pledge for five or more doll hairs, I will send you a t-shirt and stickers and maybe whatever random shit I have lying around my house. Like some extra Pokemon cards, some candy, a ball of dog hair. It's a surprise. Also, if you've enjoyed this podcast, which is doubtful, but if for some reason you have, you should consider leaving a five-star review on iTunes. Do I deserve it? Probably not, but maybe like, I think I might have earned like two or something, maybe two stars. <laughs> but I am pretty unapologetic about saying the most horrendous phrases I can find on the internet. So maybe not. So let me leave you with one before I end the episode. Bore taint. Believe it or not, that doesn't mean a pig scooch. See you in two weeks. Bye.